Ready, set, go! Welcome into Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. A complete look at all things esports and gaming. A production of Beasley Esports. The Final Fantasy VII Remake demo is out. It is playable right now. This is not a drill. You can go download it, and I suggest... That you do, because we're going to talk all about it right here on Checkpoint XP. Welcome into the show. Uh, Coming up today on Checkpoint XP, we're going to talk about some of the most wanted video game movies. Plus, GameStop is testing some new store types. And I've got a question for you guys. When do you give a game a second chance? We're going to talk about all that coming up today here on Checkpoint XP. We start today with the Final Fantasy VII Remake demo. It hit the PlayStation Store uh, early this week, and uh, to the excitement of all in this office, by the way. Pretty much. uh, And it is a pretty good cross-section slice of the opening maybe hour, hour and a half of the Final Fantasy VII Remake. How about that? Uh, I'd just like to point out really quick that technically, me and Norris got to play about half of this when we were out at E3 last. That was actually going to be my first question. Exactly how much of this did you get to play when you were out at E3? So, um, when you're actually in the reactor portion uh, of right the demo. Right when Barrett joins your party. Right when Barrett joins the party. Actually, a little bit after he joins the party, when you first start descending into the reactor. Mm-hmm. That is the only part you got to play. So, once that boss fight is over, that's it. Oh, okay, so it. so they did let you do the boss, do the boss fight. fight. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, great. So I really actually enjoyed my time with the demo. I have a couple of complaints. So do I. Complaints or worries? Uh, a, a little bit of both. Okay. Um, but overall, I thought that this did really kind of recapture some of the magic that was the opening moments of Final Fantasy VII. I mean, I'll say this. That was the biggest thing that I was worried about is that it would feel sort of soulless and stale in the same way that Final Fantasy XV felt. And this is using mm. the same engine that Final Fantasy XV was using. Better combat system, though. Way better combat system. But the thing that was the most surprising to me out of all of it is just how not dead it felt it felt alive you felt urgent that was the biggest thing i said you felt urgent the opening to seven is supposed to feel high paced yeah absolutely it didn't feel sterile by any Mm -hmm. uh, by any stretch of the imagination you know uh midgard as a city as a setting is very industrial it's very gritty and I thought it captured that very well. Well, and they even took, you know, there were certain uh, uh, points as well where you could feel and you could you could remember, you know, from the original where, you know, the top-down view of these, these you know, areas now really very well recreated within this engine. They were very, very uh, uh, true to the source material. Very loyal mm-hmm. to the source mm-hmm. material. Absolutely. And I appreciated that. I also really enjoyed the music. That was maybe some of the best music that Square Enix has ever produced, being recreations of those Uematsu themes. Uh, thought that that was phenomenal. Uh, let's talk about some of the things that kind of worry me about this game. The 
camera is maybe one of the worst I've experienced in any game, not an RPG, but just in any game whatsoever. It I agree. I, uh, yeah, I definitely agree, especially within combat. When I'm just yes. walking around, I can deal with it, but in combat, it gets real wonky. The only sort of, you know, little bit that you can maybe hold on to is that this is technically, this was uploaded to the PSN uh, back in... Uh, Almost November, December. I November, December. So yeah. it's not the full final complete build. Hopefully that gets better. Yeah. Uh, the combat was mostly pretty satisfying. Um, I I liked that, you know, when you're in a menu selecting an ability, things kind of slow down. And That's give so you, cool to give me, you by some, the way. Yeah, give you some time to sort of think about what your next move is. I like that I, it's I like ingrained that. in there instead of being an extra option that you can do if you want, which is what it was in 15. Mm-hmm. It is very, like, Square Enix games, modern Square Enix games particularly, that have more action elements in them seem to be very rhythm focused so like I struggled with that boss fight uh, up until the moment I kind of got the rhythm got of it, it. Yeah. and then I was able to kind of dodge and block where it was needed well and I think that first of all you play a lot, it's of, a good, dar- and it's play a good, a lot of dark souls yeah. so I, I can understand what you're talking about in terms of that rhythm um, getting into it but the, the, the biggest thing I'm concerned about and, and this is don't look at me weird I can't get over Barrett's voice acting. Barrett is I cannot the characterization. Get over it. Here's the thing: is that the characterization of Barrett was way different in the Japanese original yeah, he was version. Much more of a military, military yes. type guy. And I thought that you know, listen, that could make him preachy. That's what I kind of wanted out of the character mm-hmm. was someone who. You know, knew where their their morality lied and was acting upon it, and this was the only logical conclusion that they could reach. It seemed much more like Mister T to the nth degree. Yeah, it was not great. And again, this was an opportunity, I think, for Square Enix to right a wrong. Which I mean, Barrett didn't get in my party a lot because I didn't want to read his dialogue straight up. Um, and so now here it is, another game, another version of Final Fantasy VII where I'm not going to use Barrett because I don't want I don't want to hear him. He's it, just got terrible. cooler sunglasses. That's he really does. Really and seems the thing is, is that there's no sun. No, and the thing is, <laughs> his character model's dope. It's, it's everybody's cool, character model looks so good. This I is agree. easily one of the most Except- gorgeous games. I've seen. Except I do not like Cloud's character model. It looks too much like Lightning. But Lightning was designed after, after Cloud. Cloud. Uh, yeah, I'm, Cloud is supposed to look scrawny and soft. Uh, I don't know, man. Soft. I, I, soft. I preferred the the version in Advent Children, which I think was a little bit different. Depresso Cloud? It's been it's been about 10 years since I've seen Advent Children. So, uh, But there's a lot of good stuff here. I do recommend everyone. And listen, it's free to go check out the demo. Uh, it's available right now on PSN, and uh, I, I can't recommend it any more highly yeah. to just get a feel for whether or not you're going to like the game or not. Uh, I do like the battle system. It, it did seem like uh, once I got the rhythm of controlling my party members as well and issuing commands, it, it everything kind of fell into line, and uh, I, then I started really I liking it. I can't wait to play as Tifa and Aerith and, and all the rest of the folks. I, I, I can't wait to play this game. Yeah, Enjoy. absolutely. All right, now it's time to check out Checkpoint X. XP's Close Shave of the Week. Stay close to the heat. Close Shave. Turn on Checkpoint XP.
On the first day of the LCS last week, second place FlyQuest took on the undefeated Cloud9. And midway through the match, they were as even as they could be. FlyQuest dove the mid lane turret and took out C9's Vulcan. Sven even tried responding by alting FlyQuest Santorin. And here's what happened. Biggest moment, but it is super nice for Syndra. Definitely a point yeah. of power for them to try and play around that burst damage. Power overall, you can't run away from the Blitzcrank. That's going to be a lot of damage in the flash kick to go in for both, and then he is gone. A Wardhop way, Santorin, he's going to get away. Cloud9 would eventually stabilize and end up winning the match and continuing their undefeated streak. Check out the Checkpoint XP Close Shave of the Week over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. Checkpoint XP, esports and gaming radio. You know, the other thing that seemed to make the internet explode this past week was Riot Games releasing about five minutes worth of footage for their new shooter, Valorant. And, I thought it was Valorant. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's anyone, Valorant. Is it Valorant? It's, no, no, it's, Val, it's, it's Valorant. 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 Valor? Come on. Yeah, there's Valor is a type of fabric. There are two it's obvious not, words there. Valor, Ant. Valorant. Yes. All right. Anyway, uh, so we got a, a, a pretty good look, the best look that we've gotten so far at Valorant, and it really seems like uh, Riot Games is going after the Counter-Strike scene here. They're going for the throat, honestly. <laughs> uh, it looks so much like Counter-Strike that I think Valve may have a court case here. It will. I mean, if you watch the demo content at all, which is up on our website at CheckpointXP.com, you can even, like, the way that they call the game, the way yeah. that they talk inside of the game, sound, if you muted it, and I or not muted, if you just took off the video and I was listening to it, I think it's a weird version of Counter-Strike, just th off of that alone. And that map that they're playing on might as well be a Counter-Strike. You know, man. here's the thing, though. As somebody who is not in the Counter-Strike, I'd rather watch paint dry than watch CSGO. <laughs> but I look at this, and I go, first of all, it's heavily stylized. Much more stylized. Yes. Much more of a, you know, idea towards art direction than CSGO has right that, yeah. now. Yeah. And then you have the addition of these different sort of abilities. Also gets put some elements of, of Overwatch into it a little bit, too. The system is still very, very Counter-Strike. There's a shared economy where you have to buy weapons uh, for your team and all that stuff. It's like 80-20 Counter-Strike yeah. uh, dominant, though. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I saw this, and I go, you know what? This is a tactical shooter that I might pick up because it really? doesn't look like Garbo boring, <laughs> you know, CSGO. I I think that this is a really interesting move for Riot uh, to really kind of move aggressively into this space. Uh, they did well with League of Legends, and did you know, well is the most understatement you've ever said on this show. It's true, but I mean, like you know, what did they have to kind of base their gameplay off of at the time? Dota Two was sort of the dominant MOBA, really, just Dota, really, yeah, just Dota. Um, and and so yeah, like I think that this is really smart coming from a crew that knows you know the 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 points to hit to be able to create a really good competitive game well i i, I think the thing with me is that i look at this and i look at the esports scene and i look at what csgo has done over the past year to sort of consolidate its talent and consolidate you know the big names and the big teams and stuff they knew this was coming they knew this oh, was yeah. coming and 
I'm still slightly worried about the CSGO scene because I know Riot has the pedigree. I know they have the staff, they have the people in place in order for this to hit day one and really disrupt the market. Quickly, is it going to supplant CSGO? Uh, To uh, TBD, only because CSGO has essentially 15 years of a head start. No other esport has a pedigree like that gonna be bad all right well listen we want to hear from you on this make sure to connect with us on social media that's checkpoint xp on facebook and twitter and checkpoint underscore xp on instagram and when you do use the hashtag xp on air still ahead on checkpoint xp we're gonna find out some of the most wanted video game movies of all time plus when do you give a game a second chance we're gonna talk about all of that coming up this hour here on checkpoint xp but ahead next we're gonna check in with robbie over at the checkpoint xp news desk with all the events being canceled by the coronavirus, there's one that says they will not yield. Esports news is next here on Checkpoint XP. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. The latest esports news is right here on Checkpoint XP. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening on 1080 The Fan and KXTG 750, the game in Portland, Oregon. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, we're going to talk about some of the most wanted video game movies. Plus, GameStop is testing new store types. Is this going to work for the company, the much maligned company? Plus, when do you give a game a second chance? All those conversations coming up here on Checkpoint XP. But first, it's oh my god! Oh, it's over! It's over! He did it! For the dog! Oh, and another one! Oh, the third! What is this? Esports Gaming Update. Qualifying round match for the latest stage of FIFA 20's Foot 20 Champions Cup ran into some frustration, some frustrating issues with connectivity last week. Several players couldn't connect to the match, which resulted in losses for them, while their opponents could connect and, due to the forfeit, moved on. EA said that this is a very unique situation. They were working to understand why it happened and how to prevent it in the future. Now, this first hit headlines because it was uh, uh, first reported that one of these matches was determined by rock, paper, scissors. Uh, but apparently... <laughs> That was not the case when both players try to connect and uh, it fails to connect. If that happens two times in a row, both players are issued losses for the match. Yeah, the EA was having some issues with FIFA servers across the world. Yeah, it uh, must have been a global problem. It was a global problem. They said they're on top of it. And uh, EA's been pretty okay. That's the one thing we I usually can't levy at them that their servers are crap. Yeah. So uh, I can't see this happening too many more times. I mean, it's definitely disappointing for anyone who is looking to be involved. Uh, at least the way that I would do this if I were EA is I would just rerun the tournament. Yeah, just rerun. It was just, an online qualifier. It, just rerun. Exactly. So uh, what they end up doing with this remains to be seen. The first set of hero pools and bans have been determined for yes! the Overwatch League. The tank hero Reinhardt, the support hero Moira, and DPS heroes McCree and Widowmaker will all be yes! unavailable to play for this week's match. Yes! So, fortunately, May will still be there. So, Rob, <laughs> uh, on your show, The Owl's Nest, which is a completely podcast focused on Overwatch, you get to hang out with one of the casters, Jake Lyon. Did Jake have any insight into this? Because I think this is going to be really weird to have to. Yeah. To so with. honestly, the biggest impact that you're seeing here is Reinhardt being yep. banned out. The other three, not so much. But Reinhardt's going to change up the entire meta, and you're probably going to see a lot more dive compositions. Heroes like Doomfist, Sombra, Winston. Tracer, 
Winston, you know, that really sort of gets in there and is really brawly. It's going to be a huge change from what we've been seeing in the league thus far. I don't know if you can necessarily discount how impactful McCree was. McCree had about a 54% pick rate, yep. so he was in almost half of all the matches. Not seeing him and not seeing Widowmaker, yeah, you're going to see a lot of scrappy, mix-up, close quarters fighting. We'll be talking more in depth about it in a few moments, but with the upcoming Super Smash Brothers circuit, fans have been trying to urge Smash God Armada to come out of retirement. He said money was never his motivation and said, when I decided to stop competing, I was 100% upfront with why I stopped playing, how my motivation kept getting worse and worse, and how I still gave it a full year just to make sure. Uh, listen, man, don't poke the beast unless you're ready to get the hands, man. Like, <laughs> I, Honestly, it would be awesome to see Armada compete again, especially at Smash, but you can't you can't just create that motivation if that motivation doesn't exist. Yeah, and especially in the FGC where he's going to have to sit back and lab quite a bit. Even in Melee, there's new tech coming out every year. So I understand it. If he's not motivated, don't pressure him. You know, let Armada might be back in you know behind the scenes and enjoy his retirement yeah absolutely coronavirus concerns have been impacting industries all over the world and none more so than gaming and esports we'll talk more later about the game developers conference known as gdc and how that's been postponed iem katavise this past week also played out to no audience as they made everyone stay home but one event isn't hearing it evo 2020 has announced they will not be canceled or postponed. <laughs> I mean, listen, Evo the Evo has the benefit of being significantly later in the year. It usually goes down around August. Yeah. So going through the summer, germs usually don't like hot weather for the most part. So uh, I, I can understand why Evo would say it, but um, I mean, if I go, I already was taking like a whole, you know, bio hazmat suit. suit. Hazmat <laughs> suit. Dude, uh, I've been to FGC events just before. In general, like, I, if there was no virus at all, I gas- was gonna be head to toe. Gas mask is a requirement. Yes. <laughs> On the other side of the coronavirus coin, Riot and League of Legends has suspended the LCK in South Korea. They joined the LPL China region as both of those leagues enter a holding pattern going forward. I mean, this is massive. We'll talk about this a little bit later on in the show, but this is such a big deal. Um, you know, having uh, Google just recently canceled their big IO event that mm-hmm. they have as well. Uh, dude, uh, 007, the new 007 movie, the release of that just got moved because really? of concerns due to coronavirus. Wow, that's correct. Yeah, that's I mean, it's just crazy how many different things are being impacted by this one virus. The NHL Gaming World Championship for 2020 returns for the third consecutive year with a $150,000 prize pool. That is a $50,000 increase over 2019's prize pool. The NHL Vice President of Business Development, uh, Chris Goliere, said, As seen most recently with our Shell Gaming Challenge during NHL All-Star Weekend in St. Louis, online gaming is a force, and the NHL gaming community is more engaged and enthusiastic than ever. I think this is really smart. This is really smart for the NHL to kind of capitalize on the momentum here, because, you know, traditional sports kind of lose, I feel like, lose momentum with young people every single day. Well, and wasn't it the NHL that is one of the first traditional sports to now be eclipsed by esports viewership? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it makes sense that they're trying to get back in on that. Absolutely. That's off the Checkpoint XP esports update. For more, head on over to our website, CheckpointXP.com. Thanks, Robbie, for the update. It's a brand new world for Super Smash Brothers as a new tournament circuit was announced over the weekend, finally answering some, play- some players' prayers. Wow, okay, that's an interesting way to say that. But 
Nintendo is not the one behind it. That's right. The partners are Twitch and Smash GG are the ones putting this on. This is the Smash World Tour. It is going to span a full year of tournaments throughout the uh, the world for both Super Smash Brothers Melee and Ultimate. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll culminate in uh, a tournament with a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar prize. So if you guys are unfamiliar out there with Smash GG, Smash GG is the website and organization that often does the bracketing. For uh, the online bracketing for FGC events. They've only been around since forever. Since forever. Smash yeah. GG is like where you go and it's like, oh man, it's it's top 32s. Who is where? You go to Smash GG. I think this is great. I think this is amazing. And more than anything, I think this is a huge slap in the face to Nintendo. Actually. And I love it. According to them, uh, uh, they were quoted as saying, one of our goals with this tour is to actually offer a unified way for Nintendo They're not doing to that. now directly support the competitive scene. They're not going to do Because prior to this, it's it's just been it's been very grassroots. There's tournaments all, all over the place. And now I think this is a, a way for them to more to come together more. Like, this is the official sort of, you know, circuit in the same way that you have the no, Capcom Twitch Pro and Twitch and Smash GG are doing the heavy lifting on this. No, Absolutely. I, no, I, Nintendo I, I, I get that, not, but Nintendo we've seen in the past year has started to offer not monetary support, but it started to endorse certain tournaments. We've that, seen it here and there. All that is is saying you can use our game without us suing you. That's all that is. <laughs> They've Nintendo also helped to promote stuff before Dude, as well. Nintendo. Oh, no, oh, wait, wait, now this, let's let's no. let's re- let's remind everyone, you know, they provided a controller as a prize for at a Evo Japan. Like yeah. get out of here, man. Like I love this because Nintendo almost goes out of its way to not support the Smash community. So I like it. I was more so on the 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 fence of you know what if Nintendo won't support you then boycott just don't have Smash tournaments for a year or stop playing this game and see what happens but if Twitch and Smash GG are going to step up and support the community I applaud them keep the community alive and do what you can to support it because Smash has come out in the last year and really electrify all of the FGC. Look, I, I think Nintendo has made it quite clear not just through their statements but also through their actions that esports is not a priority for that company whatsoever. Is that because there's no competition? Is it because there there Well, clearly been there is competition if you just look at the Smash community. There's been competition there for the better part of 15 years. I I think the reason Nintendo doesn't need to get involved is because what does that do for them? What big benefit do they get? They're already making millions Mm -hmm. of dollars. Honestly, I think they see esports as a promotional engine for their games, and as long as they're making money off of their games, at least to the amount of money that they're making, uh, you know, I don't don't think that they have any reason, they have no incentive to be active in esports whatsoever. And it sucks because usually you want to use your esports to float the longevity of your game and keep it going for as long as possible because people want to follow the pro scene with Smash Melee has been going on without Nintendo's input or without Nintendo's support for the longest. So, so, so here's here's the thing that really kind of grates at me when they were you know pushing that initial uh, uh, advertising push for the Switch. They showed that off in an esports capacity. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Listen, if you don't want to support esports as a a concept for your company, that's fine. You're allowed to do that. You're allowed to make short sighted decisions all you want but 
if you you can't then turn around and say, yeah, but use our hardware for your esports tournaments. Yeah, like that's so disingenuous and such a such a backhanded, uh, you know, slap in the face from Nintendo to the esports community. Uh, I, I think that that they should obviously support what's going on there, um, and it's going to be to their detriment if they don't. Good on Smash GG and Twitch mm-hmm. for coming in and ser- you know serving a need that is being underserved. Listen, we want to hear from you what do you feel about the competitive smash scene are you looking forward to this new smash circuit connect with us on social media that's checkpoint xp on facebook and twitter and checkpoint underscore xp on instagram and when you do make sure you use the hashtag xp on air still ahead on checkpoint xp i've got a question when do you give a game a second chance or do you we're going to talk about that coming up here on checkpoint xp but ahead next what are the most wanted video game movies we've seen sonic and a few others, but what are the ones that are most anticipated by adults? Stick around. That conversation is ahead next on Checkpoint XP. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. Checkpointxp.com. If you could turn any video game into a movie, which one would you choose? We've got a list of the ones that most people want to see. We're going to check that out here in a moment here on Checkpoint XP. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening on the Talk of Las Vegas on 720 AM as well as KJR 950 in Seattle, Washington. Make sure you visit our website over at CheckpointXP.com. Whether it's our podcast, our thoughts on the latest stories in gaming and esports, or some Checkpoint XP merch, it all lives over at CheckpointXP.com. Last week here on the show, we talked a lot about the brand new Sonic movie that has been doing very well for itself in theaters. Spent two weeks at the top of the uh, uh, the, the box office charts. And uh, so Robbie has found a list of the video games people want to see made That's into right. movies Not the most. People. Adults, specifically the Hollywood, Hollywood the Hollywood Reporter uh, surveyed 2,200 adults across the U.S., right? So really quick, I just want to go around the room and just get a guess from each of you. All right. Where, what game do you think is on this list? Or if you can give me one of the top three games. Oh, man. Mm. I, listen, what about, I know. Okay, okay. Uncharted. Nope. Really? Okay. Listen, I'm going to go with my heart. This is the the movie that I want to see the most, and I know one that is currently in pre-production, I think. Okay. Metal Gear Solid. Oh, Nate, I got some bad news, man. No? It's not on there. Oh, no. Yeah. Weird beard? I'm looking at the list. Idiots across the board. I'm, I'm leaning. I'm leaning more towards that. Yes. Yeah, so if I had to give one more guess, based upon the fact that uh, they're dumb, yeah, people can be dumb. Uh, I don't know. Mario again. Super Mario Brothers is at the top of the that list. Is Stop devastating. it! Stop yep. it! That with, is uh, what about what, over forty percent under that? Tied can, at number two. Hang on, can, guess? I, I have one more guess. All right, can people really be this dumb? Is Call of Duty on this list? Because I'll, I'm going to spoil it's that on one list. right away. It's on the list. That's just a war movie. It's, it's on the any list. war movie. It's, it's, on uh, it's number six. Yes, told you. Tied told at you. second place is Pac Man. 
and Mario Kart. <laughs> okay, so time out. So clearly, no, 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 no. It's not about people being dumb. Clearly, they've only polled people with landlines, and those are people who are yeah, 70 listen, years yeah. old. When you said adults, Robbie, I didn't think you meant boomers and only boomers. No, it, it, it is a bit of a mixed bag. No, it's right? not. No, hold on, hold on. No. Number two is Pac-Man? Uh, yes, it is. But that's not to say that, that real games, quote-unquote, aren't <laughs> on here. Let me go down the list here for you. Number four, Donkey Kong. Number five, no. Grand Theft Auto, which is no, really just have, a Fast and on, Furious no. movie, let's be honest. Yes, that is true. Hang on, though. These are ju- you're just naming games that are most recognizable That's all it is. to yeah. people who have no idea what video See, games are. See, this is where the Hollywood Reporter failed on this. They didn't say, we polled 2,000 gamers. No, mm-hmm. we just polled 2,000 Americans. Halo's on here. Final Fantasy is on here. The Elder Scrolls. Metroid. Starcraft. Pong. Number what nineteen. Does a, what Hold does on. a Pong movie look like? I don't know, but it beats out StarCraft at nineteen and twenty. <laughs> I just I want to point out on this list. Some oh, Oregon people, Trail. Yeah, the Oregon Trail is on here, and it beat out things like Red Dead Redemption. And somehow that's more than Fortnite as well. They want a Fortnite movie. I think it's just more that people went and Googled video games. That's what it is. Yes, that's video. exactly what, what it video is. Video games? Would you like to see them? Oh, oh. D- 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 Honey, what's a video game? Tetris. Okay. On the list. I would like to see a Tetris movie. <laughs> Actually, I think that movie is also in, in the works as well. It sure. is in the yeah. works, and I have no idea what a Tetris movie even looks like. I have to put a stop to this because this is the dumbest thing I've ever looked at. <laughs> it's time for Nailed It and Fail It. You know who this is. From the high highs to the low lows. Turn it up. On Checkpoint XP Radio. This week's Nailed It goes out to the Houston Outlaws. They hosted their homestand event this past weekend, and though they fell to the London Spitfire, they did push them to a Game 5. But the Nailed It came on the final day against the Toronto Defiant, where the Outlaws claimed victory in a 3-1 series and finally looked like a team while doing it. Has the EMP ready? But Dante strikes first. He hacks Sherford. Sherford cannot use it. He finds Jackson, but he gets taken down. One more left to go. Agilities comes back into the side. They slam the ball from Echo. Finds the Doomfist, and they glide forward into victory. The last match of the weekend here at their inaugural homestand in 2020. Houston Outlaws find their first win of the season. Oh, my God. Listen to that crowd. There's only a few instances where you get to hear a pop that big. Uh, listen, make sure you stay tuned because next hour we're going to find out who failed it and as always, make sure you find out who nailed it and failed it over at our website CheckpointXP.com This is Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio So have you guys seen these new stores that GameStop are testing? Uh, uh, apparently they're testing them out in Oklahoma and there's only a few of them but basically the, uh, the notion behind this is that they're Devoting less of their sales floor to things you can buy and more towards like trying to be a local uh, place to play games. So they're they're going to have uh, PC 
seats set up. Like, like an hourly rate. Yeah, an hour. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they're going to have big tables so that you can tabletop game. And I think that this is a really interesting idea from GameStop. Uh, they Listen, they've got to do something. they got to do something. That much is clear. Just being a store where you can find video game stuff doesn't seem to be cutting it for them. Um, and I think that this is actually a really interesting move, especially where I think that this moves the needle is in very, very small towns that maybe don't have a game store or a place where you can congregate locally well, to, to, you know, be a gamer. I, I think it's more than just small towns. I agree with you. Uh, that I think that it, it will have a lot of impact there. But I look at it through the lens of you still have very, very large underserved communities that have a lot of gamers in the inner cities, in a lot of medium-sized cities that may have game stops but may not have the same level of hobby shops or small businesses that sell video games. And so you're going to have people who can't necessarily afford these high-end gaming rigs that will sure. be able to patronize these types of places. And maybe it might move the needle for GameStop. There's two issues that you're running into right now. Is that GameStop isn't the only company that's trying to do this. That's it probably true. is the right move for them. But given how big esports and gaming is right now, there are other places that are also trying to do this. First one that pops to my head is uh, uh, esports uh, at, arena, right? Allied esports arena. Mom and pop shops have yes, been doing exactly. this for years. And the problem with GameStop is that those ones that are already sort of established or trying to get it up and running don't have all the negative memories and all the baggage. That comes with GameStop as a brand. No, right now. It, it is true. I mean, n- just beyond where the company is in terms of the industry itself changing and, and taking a big chunk out of their profit model, they have a lot of negative brand recognition based on some of their business practices, unfortunately. Yeah. That I, I think if they're going to do this, I think they need to rebrand personally. I think that'll be a good move. Yeah, this really feels like uh, what uh, like hobby stores attempted to do when like card gaming and stuff moved yeah. more on to video games they said hey we're not going to sell it as much come on in you guys can play here and then it still like saw them get decimated well it, the it, it, it worked to varying degrees but again their competition were the bigger store you know the wizards of the coast and like i remember the wizards of the coast store we had one here mm-hmm. in the metro detroit area and that's basically the entire concept was come in play here we've got a couple of computers set up and yet yeah, it didn't end up working out well for them we want to hear from you connect with us on social media that's checkpoint xp on facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram and let us know whether you think what GameStop is doing is going to help them. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, we're going to check in with Robbie over at the Checkpoint News Desk and get a gaming news update. But ahead next, I've got a question for you. When do you give a game a second chance? We're going to talk about that ahead next on Checkpoint XP. Hey, this is Joe with the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar, letting you know about the latest esports competitions to look forward to in the coming week. Starting in the Overwatch League, Week 5 will see the OWL heading back to the nation's capital for the D.C. homestand. The Justice will be welcoming Toronto, Paris, New York, Boston, Florida, Houston, Philadelphia, and Atlanta to town. Turning our attention to the spring split of the League of Legends LCS, where Cloud9 continue to dominate and are now at 12-0. Monday Night League this week will play host to Team Liquid vs. Immortals, while Cloud9 squares off with Golden Guardians. March is here and all eyes are on ESL 1 Los Angeles, marking the first Dota ESL Major of the year. 
Matches will be running throughout the month, but the main event is March 20th through the 22nd. The Apex Legends Global Series has its first major stop in Arlington, Texas this month. That event runs from March 13th through the 15th. The Capcom Pro Tour has a stop in Brussels. That'll run from March 20th through the 22nd, and April 1st marks the kickoff of the PUBG Global Series in Berlin. That's it for the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar. And remember, for all the latest in the world of esports, check out our website. That's over at CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. When do you give a game a second chance? Like, if you were burned the first time playing it, what has to happen in its development cycle for you to come back and give it another try? We're going to talk about that here in a moment on Checkpoint XP. I want to thank everyone listening on 98.5, the Sports Hub of Boston, as well as the Team 980 in Washington, D.C. Checkpoint XP merch is officially available. We've got shirts, hats, hoodies, and mugs for Checkpoint XP, the other identity, and more. Plus, we've got some really cool Dungeons & Dragons-inspired merch, and you've seen all of us wearing it. It's the Checkpoint XP jersey. Make sure you check it out over at CheckpointXP.com slash shop. Uh, PAX East went down over the weekend, and we're actually going to be talking about some of the events that have been impacted by coronavirus. This was one of them, but one of the events that went down at PAX East was the Bethesda Game Days. This was an event where they showed off the latest that they have to offer uh, that's going to be coming in the next year. It's kind of piggybacked a little bit by their presentation at E3, so you can kind of think of this this as a bit of a pre-3 presentation, okay? So they showed off uh, some of the the features around Wastelanders, their free DLC coming Mm -hmm. to uh, all uh, players of Fallout 76, and Fallout 76, if you don't know, this is a game that has been largely derided by a lot of the, uh, let's call them video game media elite uh, that have decided that this is the game that we don't like. And you know what? To be fair, there was a lot of problems when it launched. There was a lot of server disconnects, a lot of day one uh, online game problems. There were content issues, too. There have been content issues. There have also been uh, Hackers. hackers on the PC client, stuff like that. It's been a mess. But I'm starting to see, and and here's the thing, I'm a big fan of this game. Mm -hmm. I've probably played Fallout 76 more than I've played any other game in the last like year, year and a half, two years, right? So, uh, I have been, you know, I'm out there, I'm a stalwart defender of uh, Fallout 76, and I'm starting to see a lot of the sentiment around Fallout 76 start to turn. Either people are getting exposed to it through, you know, real cheap copies or free weekends to try it out and they're finding out about wastelanders and one of the big things that they're adding with wastelanders is npcs non-player characters that you can talk to are coming back so now, the story is going to be delivered very different now here's a big thing the fallout series is a game known for your interactivity with the world around you yeah. being able to talk to literally any npc you come across besides enemies yes um and you have these dialogue trees where there's so, really yeah, fleshed out characters that is all making yeah. a return with wastelanders and it seems to be bringing a lot of people's interest back to fallout 76 and you know it, it's I think that this is a, a, a real smart thing for Bethesda to do. I think that, um, you know, Fallout 76, for all its faults, like, 
the story was never part of that. I always really liked the story. I enjoyed yeah. it. But if you just hear that on its face and go, I think most people heard that there's no NPCs, so there's no story. And that's what dissuaded them mm-hmm. from trying or it how out. how do you deliver a story with without, no without, without NPCs, NPCs? Which is a challenge, but it's not impossible. And that's what I found really interesting and creative about the original release of Fallout 76. But it sparked this question, right? Because... Uh, you know, had I tried Fallout 76 and not liked it, you know, what would they have had to change to bring me back? Did Bethesda really need to go and add NPCs to this game to try to bring interest back to it? I don't think that it did. I liked mm-hmm. the game without NPCs. I liked that as a as a creative choice, not as a, you know, technical limitation, clearly because they've been able to do I it. I mean, for me in the Fallout series, that is one of the main reasons why I play and why I think, you know, Fallout 76 just didn't take for me. It's, it's not a game I actively, you know, go out and deride. It's you not a game. You didn't dislike it. It just didn't I capture didn't dislike you. It. it just didn't capture yeah. me. And I think the lack of NPCs made it feel like that the world was not necessarily as alive as other Fallout games. So now, I am happy to see this return. Uh, I actually, thinking about it, I don't think that I have ever gone back to a game that either A, didn't capture me, or B, that I didn't like. Well, because right? uh, okay. Well, wait a minute. We've seen this happen now yes, it in the game industry sure. a lot, especially recently. Uh, no Man's Sky is a great example of Which this. Was Anthem. actually what I was going to bring up yeah. because Norris, uh, me, and you both played it when it came out at launch. Yep. You have since gone back and mm-hmm. tried it again. I still have not. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a game that is very, very different, and it does have a lot more into it. I think at this point, um, it's a little bit too late for me. But I know that there's a ton of people that have gone back and really, really enjoyed the new additions that sure. they've brought to the game. Is is it a better game? Hands down. It's a better game, period. It's a game I actually want to play. I just what, what, what actually return. caused you, though, to pick it back up? You know what? It's, it's the concept that what they originally promised was finally there. Is finally there. And you wanted to see what made And I that, wanted to that. see what that was actually That's like. Fair. See, now this okay. is different from Fallout 76 because the initial promise from the developers was to develop along with player feedback over time mm-hmm. and that's what I feel like they've actually delivered on for mm-hmm. maybe the first time in a game's uh, history that I can remember at least. I think the biggest thing is that it's not too late. There's plenty of games that have attempted to fix themselves. No Man's Sky is one of them. Alien Colonial Marines is another one uh, that they eventually. Yeah, they got around is to. It? They got around to fixing things. They, 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 they fixed a few things, but not the one character that they needed to remove to make the AI function. Yeah, so it's like it just is too long. Is this too long for Wastelanders? See, I, 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 I don't, don't think I don't, so. I First of all, for me, I don't think that there is just like a concrete answer. You know, I couldn't like put out a checklist for like, hey, if you're exactly. a developer and you want to get me back, this is how you do it. Yes, it's, sure. It's a feeling that comes from either seeing gameplay or hearing. I think uh, you know testimonial from players that 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 really sounds like 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 real. Like I'm gonna tell you right now that if EA and Bioware were to deliver, and I don't even know what it looks like, but if they could deliver something with a new anthem, I could be persuaded to come back. Now, people who loved Anthem beforehand, wait, did you try? Did you try Anthem? Did. You did. I did. You bought it. Uh, I tried the demo. The okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like, like I was in the beta. So. Yeah. Okay. There was like yeah. a limited like ten hours of free playtime you could do. Sure. Sure. Right. Sure. But it's 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 definitely just this 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 feeling because again, No Man's Sky looks great. 
ne- probably never going to go back and play it though, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Final Fantasy fourteen was another great example. See, now this See, is, that is the best example that, of them. But I all never though. played the original one. See, I did. Okay, and, and yeah, I did as well. Here's the thing: Final Fantasy fourteen was a game that the the guts, the stuff that ran underneath the game made the game not sustainable and then the content stuff around that made it just kept exacerbating the issues that already were there. Correct. So it's not like 14 was a complete dumpster fire of a game front to back in the way some of these other games were. I think people would look at No Man's Sky upon release and just say that game was not the game you promised me Sure, and therefore... I don't want to play it. I think with 14, it was a little bit different. But is this just the new normal for game development now? Like, it seems like this is a thing that keeps happening. Or is this a kind of second chance opportunity? It, 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 I think it's more second chance opportunity because I think I think the more you see games, the quote unquote games as a service thing continue to proliferate, especially after we get into most games being cloud based. I think, yes, you will see more of that. But there are still enough games out there, in my opinion, that are very much so beginning, middle, end, closed narrative. The game is the game. And even if we add DLC or more packs or whatever it is, we're shipping the game to you in a complete state. I still think the vast majority of games are coming out that way. Now, whether you like them or not is, is whatever. But... Most games are coming out, quote-unquote, complete and done. All right, well, listen, we want to hear from you on this. Which side of the issue do you fall on? Do you think that this is just kind of the new normal for video games, or do you see this as a potential second chance for games that didn't get a good first look the first time around? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter, and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Coming up in the next hour of Checkpoint XP, we're going to get our league update and talk a little bit of IEM Katowice. But ahead next, we're going to check in with Robbie over at the Checkpoint News Desk. You'll never guess what game a player has beat without taking a single point of damage. Gaming news is next here on Checkpoint XP. Ready, set, go! Welcome into Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. A complete look at all things esports and gaming. A production of Beasley Esports. Hey, welcome back to another hour of Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. Coming up this hour on Checkpoint XP, we've got to check in with all of the different leagues that were in action. Plus, we'll get an update from IEM Katowice. Plus, the coronavirus continues to impact not just the esports world, Everything. But the video game world, well, yeah, really everything at large. We're going to talk all about that coming up here on Checkpoint XP. But first, gaming news update. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this program to bring you important news. If this story sounds familiar, it's because it just keeps coming back. The speed running record for The Legend of Zelda, The Ocarina of Time, has been shattered again. And this time by more than a minute. The new record... (laughs) Is now just under eight minutes at seven minutes and forty eight seconds. You know, every is time it, is it really speed running? I, I, I see, like this, every time I hear about a new speed running record, it's it's just further breaking an already broken game. And I sort of feel like the Simpsons meme, just like stop hitting it already. Well, it's, it's interesting too because because this 
particular game record has been being broken so many times that it now has actually started to spark a debate within the community that the arbitrary code execution, which is the name of the the, the, the technique the technique that they yeah. used shouldn't be allowed in doing it anymore. Well, and that's how I feel. I feel like, listen, if you're speed running, it's cool for some things, but I'm more so like, beat the game. Yeah, start no, to I want, I, I, like, an occasional glitch is yes. fine, right? But like, this stuff that this guy's doing and and creating super specific, uh, you know, uh, uh, code executions. Code executions yeah. to be able to just get to the end credits. That just doesn't seem like it meets the bar of a speed run. Gamers are always trying to find new and challenging ways to play and beat games, but this might take the cake. A player has started and finished Pokemon Platinum without ever taking a single point of damage. What? I, I don't even know how this is possible. What? The full run took 138 hours of game time, but that does not count any time that he had to reset. The rule was that every time he beat a gym, he could save. But if he took any damage, he had to restart from that gym's save point. Oh. Okay, so I still don't understand how he didn't take any damage. I don't get it. For example, uh, at the beginning when you do like your, your battle against like your, your, your trainer, right? Yes. He had to choose Turtwig because then there's a chance, very small chance, that took him, I think, six hours to finally get past this, that Chimchar would use Leer four times in a in row. In a row? Oh, wow. my God. It's like a one in 16 chance or something like that. Here's the particularly crazy part is that Platinum was actually a pretty difficult game. Yeah. You know, that's the one that had Cynthia and the, her crazy uh, 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 dragon Pokemon. I can't remember the name of. But, like, yeah, it was just, it, it was, the, the it's, especially it's, it's the final, feat, the that's final four is actually very difficult. Last weekend played host to IEM Katavise, which normally had a live audience of thousands, but due to the coronavirus concerns, the live audience was canceled and the event still played out. As a result, that event broke viewership records with more than a million peak viewers. Well, of course, because the couple of thousand people that were going to be there ended up having to tune in at home. I, I, I it, it was a very good event. We'll actually talk a little bit more about how the coronavirus has impacted a lot of different events. Uh, GDC uh, among some of those that have been impacted. So, but it was very eerie. Watching this play and out, not with having that. like the sound of the crowd. Yes, it was really weird. I wonder it, how that was for the players because you probably get used to just having that constant roar all around. Man, you. they probably loved it, low key. Yeah, I, I have no idea. But here's the thing: is that you know we've seen esports tournaments that take place in like a TV studio. It felt a little bit more like that as opposed to a big arena. A man has been banned for 10 years in PUBG <laughs> Mobile for a unique way he decided to cheat the system. He didn't actually use any software or, tool or, or tools to cheat. He would play the game as normal, and during the last few minutes, he'd log into another phone. This tricked the game into thinking that he had connection issues and would allow him to keep on playing and killing everyone else. Wow. <laughs> You know, I'm never surprised the depths that people will stoop to to cheat in video to, games. To win, yeah. Like, right? How does that give you any satisfaction? I have no idea. It's a hollow victory. Congratulations. There are a lot of intricacies when it comes to the debate for DLC and microtransactions in gaming. There are good and bad ways to do it, but it's examples like these that create the diehards that want to wipe out all levels of microtransactions beyond just buying the initial game. In Dead or Alive 6, oh, players are now being charged $1 to change their fighter's hair color. Stop. And you are not just buying Stop. the new hair color. If you want to change it back, 
It's another dollar. This is listen. This is why Dead or Alive will never ever be taken seriously ever in the FGC ever. This is a part of it. It's there's, already re- there's not two other reasons, two large obvious other reasons that yes, it wouldn't be taken no, seriously. I know, I know what you're referring to, and I'm jiggle happy, physics I am is what happy I'm referring can't to. See what uh, you're doing. Actually, they were called jumbling physics. Jumbling. Yes. Are you kidding? Me? No, that Dead is- or Alive Two was probably the only fighting game that I actually got good at. And yes, I remember specifically. There was the jubbling percentage. Yes, oh, yes. Yep. But the uh, the point is, this is stupid. It's awful, and I'm so happy people are rejecting. But I, here's the thing, and and you had mentioned this that yeah, this is how you get those diehards that are like microtransactions are never acceptable mm-hmm. because when you push it, like like there is no reason to charge somebody a dollar to change the hair color. Like this is a normal feature of any other game. By the way, you can spend almost four. Four hundred dollars on this game, buying like outfits and swimsuits and a bunch of. Pretty other sure you stuff can spend over a thousand dollars. You can get, spend get over everything. a thousand to, but you know, with packs and yeah. stuff like that. That's so. absolutely insane. Yeah. There's a unique practice in gaming for asserting your dominance over another player, affectionately referred to as tactical crouching. No, it's not. No, <laughs> it's not. It's, it's, that's not that's a it's very called. different name. Recently in Overwatch, a fix seems to have been implemented that makes it impossible to stand over a fallen player's body. Uh, the act as though there's a permanent fixture there that stops you from moving through it. Turns out it wasn't a countermeasure against the act of tactical crouching, but a bug that will soon be fixed. Good, because I can see how that would completely destroy uh, competitive balance. Being or- able to die like in strategic areas so they yeah. can't then move past yes. your body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's definitely something that uh, could be abused. Yeah. So yeah, you don't want to have that. That's all for the Checkpoint XP gaming update. For more, head on over to our website, CheckpointXP.com. Thanks, Robbie, for the update. It's a big week for the PlayStation 2. That's right, you heard me, PlayStation 2. Why, you ask? The classic console has just turned 20 years old. Oh, Oh, man. So besides feeling really old, what is it that you think made the PS2 the best console of you all know time. what i, I think it, it is it is it is i it, just realized the playstation 2 was released on my birthday yeah march that's great march 4th me and the play ps2 sharing a birthday Dude, i remember i remember my mom had my cousin go out and camp out for this but i couldn't play it till christmas oh they uh, pulled that they, on they you. hit me with that oh. one i used to i hated it so much but um i agree with you that i think the ps2 is the best console of all time yes even though the snes is my personal favorite the ps2 is the best here's why it's the best because it was the first time that a console served more than just a gaming purpose. I'll agree it with It was this. a home appliance. It was a DVD player. It was a DVD player, and, and it was a gaming system. And, and a surprisingly cheap DVD player. It was, and in some cases, also the, a browser. The, it, yeah. It's also the best-selling video game console That's of right. all time. That That's doesn't right. That doesn't surprise me in the least. By the way, I have, to, I have to mention, Robbie comes in today, or Robbie comes in and says, oh, hey, I don't want to mention my birthday in the office but then mentions it on the on nationally air. syndicated okay, no, radio I, show. Like, I don't want it to be like I don't want it to go up to and be like hey it's my birthday Boo. tell me happy birthday but when there's a reason uh-huh. to like me and the Playstation 2 share it of course I'm gonna do it listen but beyond all that the PS2 has killer apps Absolutely. it has some of the best games ever made it has the last great Final Fantasy game Final Fantasy 10 that is the last 
truly great okay, Final Fantasy game. I'll yeah, definitely I'll give you that. You got to talk about some a, a Devil May Cry, Grand Theft Auto Three. Some of the best. San Andreas played. I'm just saying, Grand Theft Auto Three is what started. Is what kicked it off, though. There you right. go. The You're best right. Metal Gear Solid of all time. Metal three. Gear Solid Three. Yep, absolutely. I mean, back when Gran Turismo was great. Oh yeah. With three and four. I mean, there's so many great games that came out on PS2, but the library was so huge. It was that it had something for everybody. I mean, dude, the first time, I, and and just kind of going back to to Grand Theft Auto, the first time I played Vice City, I played it for two days straight. I oh, stayed yeah. up for forty eight hours. Yeah. Um. Some of some of the other great games that were on the PlayStation Two, uh, the bulk of the Legacy of Cain series yep. started in the PlayStation One era with uh, Blood Omen and Soul Reaver, but Soul Reaver Two, Blood Omen Two, uh, Legacy of Cain Defiance, all on PlayStation Two. Some of the best gaming experiences of Jack my life. Dexter. That Jack and Dexter's Persona a really good three one. and four, absolutely. Shadow of the Colossus. You know what? Shout out to one of your favorite games that I've never actually played, Bully. Oh, d- Bully! Oh my God, I forgot about Bully. <laughs> yeah, I'm t- dude. PS2, Goat console. Happy birthday! Twenty years old, and literally, it is the only console that I have bought three times. Really? I've why? Bought- why? Wait, why? I, the, Hang first, on. the first I, one. I had, it was the first console I ever bought with my own money. The first, the first one I had broke. It just I didn't take good care of it. The second one I had was the the replacement. Yeah. And the third one I had the I slim actually, one. No, I never bought. No, oh, I don't I buy slim. slim. Actually, slim one but the third not... one I bought was a slim, but not for me. It was for siblings. So I bought that console three times. One last one. One last game to reminisce on. Yeah. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Um, Another one yeah. that had its was prime. It? Three, on the PS2. Three and Tony Hawk's Underground. Well, easily. two two was where they started doing the double kickflip system, mm-hmm. and then three was sort of like where they had perfected sort of all of the moveset. Mm-hmm. You also got to create your own skater as yeah. well. Uh, I loved all of that. Yeah, I Underground, loved... the best of that series on PS2. Absolutely. All right, listen, we want to hear from you. Share some of your favorite PS2 memories with us. Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. Still ahead, this hour on Checkpoint XP. We're going to talk about the coronavirus and the different ways that it's impacting not just esports, but the world of video gaming. Plus, we're going to check in with our social media followers and find out what your stress reliever game is. Those conversations will wrap up today's Checkpoint XP. But ahead next, we're going to check in with all of the leagues that were in action, plus IEM Katowice. Stick around. That's ahead next on Checkpoint XP. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. Checkpointxp.com. We've got to cover the latest action in all of the big leagues. Plus, we're going to talk about IEM Katowice right here on Checkpoint XP. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening out in Colorado on ESPN Denver 1600, 104.3 The Fan, as well as Extra Sports 1300 in Colorado Springs. Check out our website at CheckpointXP.com for our newest podcast, The Owl's Nest, where we cover Overwatch and Overwatch League featuring OWL caster and former Houston Outlaws player Jake. Robbie, what's this week on uh, The Owl's Nest? So we're obviously going to be recapping all the action that we are about to talk about here in just a moment, but we're also going to talk about the new hero bands that are coming and what the four heroes that got picked could end up making the meta look like going forward. Woo, no hit scans. No All hit right, scans. make sure you check that out over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. 
time to check in with the latest action in all of the different leagues. And uh, we've got to get an update as to the action that went down out at uh, IEM Katowice. Uh, but uh, to join us here in uh, talking about League of Legends. Oh, my God! He's broken in half! Somebody stop this. Joe, uh, welcome into the show. We appreciate you uh, being here and uh, being our League of Legends expert. Now, I know that you had a busy weekend. Yeah. You were out in Houston, out the uh, out at the homestand. We're going to actually talk to you a little bit about that as well. But a lot going on in LCS action. Yeah, uh, one of the biggest stories, obviously, was that tracking. Cloud9 finally lost their first mid lane turret. Yes, and that is it because they're still <laughs> Undefeated. It is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that I hate is to see it. That is insane. Yes. Like the 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 fact that there is a statistic out there that Cloud Nine hasn't even lost a uh, a turret in mid lane. Like until that's bananas. until yesterday. That's crazy. Or excuse me. Until uh, Monday. Yeah. But the, but here here's the crazy thing, right? So we know Cloud Nine is doing their thing. They're still twelve and zero. Twelve and zero. Nobody's Ooh. gonna be they're, the eighteen and zero split is is a foot. Yeah. It, it probably it could will be. Happen. Yeah. Uh, but I think another big story here is we knew that Team Liquid had to do something. Yes. They had to do something fast. And, and they did something that is very drastic. Yes, they benched Double Lift. Yeah. Now, they said that he was sick. Fine. Okay? Say whatever you need to say. But they benched the kid, and Team Liquid went 2-0. and <laughs> And not just did they go 2-0. and They looked Great. They looked really good. Uh, they jump up from ninth place all the way up to third place. Wow. We should tell you everything you need, <laughs> everything to, know you about need the to know about the rest of the LCS. The Yikes. difference between third and ninth right now is one game. Yeah. It's Cloud9 at 12 and 0. It's uh, FlyQuest, I think, at 8 and 4. And then it's a giant cluster. A glut of suck. And th- <laughs> a glut of suck. That's well said. And then CLG bringing up the rear. Although, they get a win over TSM. Which, Bad look for uh, TSM. TSM Wolf. goes 0-2 over the weekend. They look terrible. And here's the thing. CLG almost got a win over Immortals uh, on Monday night as well. So they are trending upward. They still are real bad, though. All so right. I'm going to just put bad. that out there. Very interesting. we got to actually turn our attention over to IEM Katowice, uh, over in Katowice, Poland, correct? Yes? Correct. Uh, so uh, a lot going on, uh, but not much noise made about it because there's no crowd there. Yeah, I mean, you take a look at uh, Katowice. It's weird listening to, like, high-level play in front of no one. Yeah, it was funny because it, it was essentially like the players' moms and the equipment managers that would cheer <laughs> every single time. And it was just like, it's doofy because if you if you watch it live, they have this thing that comes up on the stage that's like the versus wall, and it goes up when the when the match is live. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to separate the players, and it's like, it's only you idiots up there. Like, why, do you, why do you have to do that? Well, the, the ridiculous thing is that they're still playing it in this big arena where, like, you know, the seating is... It, it's hey, already we put the scaffold Holding up already, exactly. bro. We're yeah. gonna use the set. Yeah, uh, it's just it's it's a crazy visual, and uh, we're actually gonna be talking a little bit more about the impact of the coronavirus on the esports scene here on Checkpoint XP. But uh, what's some of the action that's been going down at IEM Katowice? Uh, so on the CS:GO side, it was actually kind of a uh, a stunt in the finals because the grand finals was a blowout. Navi defeated G two three to zero. They took the first map sixteen four. Second. Wow. 16-13, which was competitive. Dust 2 was close. But, yes. but Dust 2, they had to mount a comeback for another eight rounds to even get with 
within striking distance. And then the final map, 16 to 2. Oh. So, yeah, it was, it was not those, good. Those sound like your morning CSGO matches when you play, right? It's exactly what it was, especially <laughs> because they had Kenny S, who is like a prolific opera, finally make his first return to a grand final for an IEM or an ESL event in nine years, wow. only to get absolutely, like, he got his butt spanked. It's a young, oh. young man's game. That, yes. that is brutal. All right. Well, now we got to turn. Wait a minute. In StarCraft 2. Oh, uh, shut, up. shut up. Shut up. No. Korean Zerg no, we're not, we're not doing this. Dollars. We're not doing this. Okay. I don't care how much he wins. We are not talking about StarCraft 2. Instead, <laughs> we're going to go to Nailed It and Failed It. You know the same. From the high highs to the low lows. Turn it up. and who failed it? On Checkpoint XP Radio. Speaking of IEM Katowice, this past weekend at Katowice, CSGO had one of the most underwhelming grand finals in previous memory. G2 were absolutely blown out on map one and three by double digits and having to mount a massive comeback to even make map two competitive. Listen to the casters call out G2 for being essentially deleted from their match on Nuke by eventual champions Navi. They haven't really got going at all. Jackson, six kills and 15 deaths. He's probably near the top. He absolutely is. Top fragger so oh. far. Speaking of which, Simple! He gets it done. Slam dunk towards the secret steps. And that's going to be the round. Simple's on Google Flights. Fast flights to flat France. He can't find a faster way to send you 2 home. My God. That's the end of that. 15 to 1. Call it done. Oh, 15 to 1. Ouch, that call hurts my soul. That match sounded like it was played in a PUBG arena. I know, it sounded dead silent. Listen, do you know someone who nailed it? What about failed it? Make your submission over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP, eSports and gaming radio. All right, turning our attention now over to Overwatch League. Uh, Robbie and Joe are still dusting themselves off uh, with the uh, Texas uh, the Texas dust and uh, freshly back from Houston. Uh, guys, what was being at a homestand actually like? Uh, it was fantastic, honestly. You know, we've, we've been out to Burbank Arena a few times. I've been to some grand finals, but being able to be there and sort of be in an environment where the culture of one sort of team or, you know, one city is is sort of being presented to you was unlike anything else. It was an absolute blast. Well, that's one of the big things about the Houston Outlaws is that even though they may not have been in, you know, the top echelon of the Overwatch League, they absolutely have a white-hot, rabid fan base. And to, to come in to this, uh, you know, this city that is so receptive to Overwatch League and esports, that must have been a really cool feeling. Yeah, no, it was great. They actually even had the mayor's daughter who came out for the ribbon-cutting ceremony, and they actually uh, have uh, now announced and, and, and decreed that February 29th is Houston Outlaws Day. So wow. once every four years, we're going to be able to celebrate the Houston Outlaws on their own day. Hey, yeah, that's um, fantastic. <laughs> I don't know about declaring that for leap day or <laughs> leap year. That was, a, that was a bad call. But, but you know, you, you mentioned that they are at the bottom of the, uh, the ladders right now. Yes. Uh, they did manage to actually secure their first win, and while that may not sound like it's all that much, you know, they are still one in five. They also did take the London Spitfire to a game five, who is a you know up and coming rookie squad, is looking real sharp. 
the changes we've seen them make now that they're all not flu-ridden has been substantial. They finally started to start acting like a team yeah. now. And if they can continue to course correct, they could be looking at sneaking into like the play-in stages near the end of the season. Uh, you sound like a homer, man. We still have, <laughs> we still have a whole half. Saying that they might be able nah. to get to 11th place is no. being a homer? I mean, but we still have a whole half of the league that hasn't played yet yes. because of all That's the fair. Asian teams. That's so fair. while I will agree that there is room, you know, they have improved. I mean, they got a win, but it still wasn't necessarily a convincing win. It was a a, 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 a match that went the full run, and I'm happy they were able to do no, it. They Toronto, one. that wasn't the full run. 3-1. Yeah, right, no, it was 3-1. Yeah, no, no, right. but, but the Toronto Defiant did look really sluggish when they were up against yeah. the, uh, they did. Uh, Atlanta the Atlanta Rain. Rain. Yes, yeah. That's yeah. the other one right there. As we saw the Atlanta Rain play their first match this week, and you know, people weren't really sure what to expect. And they came out, and they looked sharp as a tack, no, man. We they forget looked- that Atlanta Rain is a team that put uh, the San Francisco Shock in the loser's bracket during the playoffs. Yeah. Something to keep in mind about that match, too, was is I don't necessarily think that the Toronto Defiant were underperforming. I think in this case, the Atlanta Rain just had their number, yeah. right? Just they knew exactly squad. what it was that they were trying to do, and they had an answer for every single strategy that they tried to pull out. Because the next day, the Atlanta Rain went against the Paris Eternal, yeah. and they got stomped 3-1. to one Yeah, it was pretty, pretty bad. handily. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Joe, I've got to ask you, uh, this was uh, not your first Overwatch event, but I would say you have more League of Legends yeah, uh, sure. context than Overwatch. How does this compare up to something like a League of Legends event? I was super impressed with uh, with the homestand. You know, one of the big things that esports is going to have to figure out in the near future here is how do we take you know these big experiences in like twenty thousand person arenas and make them work in smaller settings because the reality of it is esports and frankly no real sport is going to continue to sell out twenty thousand person arenas in the long term. The home viewing experience is too good. Yeah, and going to like let's be frank, and going it's to, too expensive. Yeah, going to a sports stadium like why would you want to put yourself through that? It's a nightmare a lot of the time. They made a 2,000-person arena feel way bigger than that, and it was a really awesome experience. The crowd was raucous. They had all the kind of like the fan engagement things you'd want to do. The crowd was raucous? Uh, oh, you did that to yourself. I, I wish I, I had something I to throw you, that one. You walked into that. Uh, I can see the uh, bruise forming on your forehead. Yeah. Um, look, I, I, I want to send a huge congratulations to everyone out in Houston and the Houston Outlaws for a successful homestand. Uh, it looked like it was uh, a great time, and and uh, excited to see more of the homestands coming up. Which is what's the next homestand, Robbie? So, Washington. Oh, that's going to be interesting. Which we just came back from the week prior to this. All right. Well, listen, we want to hear from you. What were your thoughts on the Houston homestand? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter, and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, we're going to check in with our social media followers and find out what your stress reliever game is. That conversation. We'll wrap up today's Checkpoint XP. But ahead next, we've got to talk about more, actually more about coronavirus because it has postponed the Game Developers Conference. Stick around. That conversation is ahead next on Checkpoint XP. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. Checkpointxp.com. 
The coronavirus continues to impact not just esports, but the video game industry in pretty drastic ways. Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. I want to thank everyone listening on The Fanatic on 97.5 and ESPN 610 in Philadelphia, as well as everyone listening on ESPN Pittsburgh 970. For the latest in college esports, make sure you check out Checkpoint XP on campus. Our own Norris Howard hosts alongside Jacob Brothers and Daniel Agbuya from the University of Las Vegas. They bring you all the biggest stories in collegiate esport from the perspective of the students who live and breathe it. What's going on this week on On Campus? Yeah, obviously we're going to be talking about Valorant, but we're also going to be talking about a brand new Overwatch tournament going on in the collegiate scene that's offering up to $40,000 in scholarship money. That's a big deal. Check it out over at our website, CheckpointXP.com or look for Checkpoint XP on campus wherever you get your podcasts. The coronavirus continues to impact esports and the video game industry. We've seen tons of events so far canceled due to fears of uh, coronavirus outbreak. But the biggest one and probably the most influential one is GDC. The Game Developers Conference has postponed their entire event. They basically just canceled the thing. They said that they're going to move it, but uh, you know, that what the date is or the the details around that remain to be seen. But this is a big deal. For those that don't know, the Game Developers Conference is where all of, well not all of them, but some of the largest game developers and those looking to break into the industry come and uh, you know, share their inside knowledge. This is very inside baseball stuff. We're talking game engines. We're talking physics Trade engines. Trade secrets. Trade secrets. This is really important stuff for the video game industry, and basically that's all kind of been blown up by this coronavirus. Well, the other thing to keep in mind too, you know, when you said how how influential uh, it, it was, is also the biggest cancellation that's now happened stateside as well. You know, all the other things that have happened thus far have happened, you know, over in, in the Asian market, South right. Korea and, and stuff like that. So Except to, for uh, IEM Katowice. Which was still impacted, yeah. though. Yes. Uh, yes. But they didn't full out cancel it. But you're right, Nate. This is the first one where it wasn't just some people pulled out. They completely canceled this entirely. And GDC, a lot of big things come out of that. In Absolutely. Uh, I mean, the, you know. The uh, Google uh, uh, Stadia was Stadia announced at GDC. Absolutely. Um, but, I mean, even more than that, it is a it is an opportunity for the game uh, development uh, community to kind of talk amongst themselves, to kind of confer with one another. It's one of the biggest inside industry events. And it's dev- I think it's devastating that it's had to be uh, postponed or, or potentially canceled uh, because of uh, the coronavirus. And I think it's even more sort of devastating in a year where we're about to go into a new console generation. I think uh, when you're talking about a new console gen coming out, GDC becomes incredibly important because that's where a lot of people are kind of talking shop about what are some of the best development practices with those new dev kits with that new technology and i think you know when stuff like this doesn't happen you know it may set back you know some of the top tier games coming out you know for a year a couple years because a lot of these teams 
meet and get assembled out of stuff like GDC. You know, that's a really good point. And that that thought hadn't even crossed my mind that, right, we're in a marquee year for video games. This should be the year that new consoles start hyping up. And the first shot of that is usually GDC. And you're absolutely right. It's it's a lot of uh, team formation and uh, contact building. Again, it's a very insider mm-hmm. sort of Not convention. how it's going to affect the indie scene as well. Absolutely, because a lot of indie development either gets uh, uh, called up from there. Uh, we've seen, you know, the acquisition of a couple of major studios by, uh, uh, you know, like things like Microsoft, mm-hmm. and that's kind of spun out of GDC. So this is a really big deal. But we've also seen the LPL and LCK be suspended indefinitely. Yeah. And uh, for those that don't know, this is the uh, Chinese and Korean League of Legends scenes. They've had their uh, competitive seasons at first they were postponed now they've basically been suspended indefinitely this is going to create an insane environment for worlds yeah it is I have no idea what worlds is supposed to look like because they plan those types of events a year in advance which means that they had already started so what could you possibly uh, it's, do at this it's point? It's going to be really difficult, especially considering that Worlds was supposed to be in China, in yes. Shanghai this year. And it was supposed to be the biggest one. Yeah, because it's the 20-year, or excuse me, the 10-year ten ten anniversary of Worlds. And so I have no idea what this is supposed to look like. I have no idea what this is supposed to do for competitive balance. Uh, do they just invite back the teams that were there last year? Yeah. Do you take the teams that, you know, have some sort of, you know, quotient that they've, you know, arbitrarily come up with? I don't know how how you do it and so you use I the think- teams who are playing and it's the only way that na is ever gonna get to work <laughs> no it is it is true i mean we'll it, take listen, the giant asterisk if, next I'm, to if I'm cloud nine i'm looking at this whole thing with you know somewhat of a silver lining because you're right unfortunately because of this massive terrible event this may be the best chance north america ever has to win world i mean it's sad but it's kind of true uh we also mentioned uh i am catavite being played in front of no audience yep. that was a little bit eerie uh, Overwatch League has uh, suspended Chinese and South Korean games. Uh, no word on when those are going to be rescheduled or even where they're going to be played. Uh, PAX East, a bunch of exhibitors pulled out of PAX East. It did go down over this past weekend, um, but uh, a, a noticeably muted tone at that uh, convention. Um, but the the real big question is E3. Yeah. E3 is the big marquee event for North American video game industries, uh, you know, and and I, I think, you know, does coronavirus end up impacting E3? Well, as it stands right now, um, E3 or the ESA has come out and said they have no plans currently Correct. of canceling E3. And, and, to, be, and to be fair, uh, as the weather begins to break a little bit and it begins to warm up, usually, and you, and you get out of the flu season, right. um, you know, uh, pathogens like this team tend to spread less frequently. So I think that's a part of their calculus. But at the same time, I mean, we're still talking about the same issues that would have, you know, uh, GDC or PAX was dealing with. We're still talking about massive, massive companies from Asian markets having to send a lot of people over uh, to a big event. And I think that still poses a lot of question marks for a lot of these big events. And I totally I, I understand being safe, more safe than sorry. Totally. But specifically for E3, a big 
part of the the discussion around E3 is, is it even relevant anymore? So if they have to cancel E3 due to coronavirus in this big marquee year where we're supposed to see console announcements and everything like that, is it even really going to impact those announcements? I, I think the only people who are going to be impacted by it would actually just be E3 and the ESA, because you're still going to put out your uh, uh, your conferences. You're still yes. going to put those out there. And if you really need media coverage as well, then you personally invite you know your Kotakus or, or your, your Polygons, your press, to come to a safer environment. If that's the case, why even go to E3? No, I think it's I think it's a really really interesting question, and I think it's something that the ESA has to answer and answer quickly. I absolutely agree. Listen, we want to hear from you. Do you, are you concerned about E three being canceled? Would this be a big deal? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter, and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air so that we know that you heard this on the radio show. Coming up next on Checkpoint XP, we're going to check in with our social media followers and find out what your stress reliever game is stick around that's ahead next on checkpoint xp hey this is joe with the checkpoint xp save the date calendar letting you know about the latest esports competitions to look forward to in the coming week starting in the overwatch league week five we'll see the owl heading back to the nation's capital for the dc homestand the justice will be welcoming toronto paris new york boston florida houston philadelphia and atlanta to town turning our attention to the spring split of the league of legends lcs where cloud nine continue to dominate and are now at 12 and 0 monday night league this week will play host to team liquid versus immortals while cloud nine squares off with golden guardians march is here and all eyes are on esl one los angeles marking the first dota esl major of the year Matches will be running throughout the month, but the main event is March 20th through the 22nd. The Apex Legends Global Series has its first major stop in Arlington, Texas this month. That event runs from March 13th through the 15th. The Capcom Pro Tour has a stop in Brussels. That'll run from March 20th through the 22nd, and April 1st marks the kickoff of the PUBG Global Series in Berlin. That's it for the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar. And remember, for all the latest in the world of esports, check out our website. That's over at CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. It's Checkpoint XP's social media question. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening on ESPN Central Texas, KZRI and KTON in Waco, Texas, as well as ESPN 97.5 in Houston. Make sure you visit our website over at CheckpointXP.com. Whether it's our podcast, our thoughts on the latest stories in gaming and esports, or Checkpoint XP merch, it all lives over at CheckpointXP.com. You can also follow us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter. And checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram so that you can respond to our weekly social media question. This week, we asked you what your stress reliever game is. And I thought this was a really interesting question because a lot of times when I play games, I'm very stressed. Like, really? the game itself stresses me out. Like when I'm playing PUBG. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. 100%. It stresses a- me out when you play games too. Alien <laughs> Isolation, Dark Souls. I like games that have a lot of tension in them um so when when we thought of this question i was like oh you know what i don't i don't know that i have an easy answer for that but actually it it, it occurred to me i have been playing dragon quest 11 as sort of my relaxation game it's on the switch i can play it in bed it doesn't take a lot of thought or strategy you know it's got turn-based battle old school japanese rpg it's a throwback it's it's absolutely relaxing the music in it is fantastic so i think that's currently my relaxation game it's either that 
or WWE 2K19? I'd, I would uh, go with Dragon Quest. Well, WWE just... Mm. It's, uh, yeah, it's not exactly relaxing, but it's also not challenging at the same time. Fair. So if I want a break from, you know, Dark Souls or Bloodborne or whatever, I'll play that to just kind of let my mind relax. Yeah, see, okay. it was actually a, a, a difficult one for me to answer, too, because I feel like when, I, when I'm playing games, there's always just one game that I have in my crosshairs that I do at any one time. And in general, I would say that games... Help me relax. Now, obviously, they can be any, stressful. Any game. Yeah, they can obviously be stressful as well. You know, right. losing over and over again in Overwatch. Sometimes you know, it depends like on that. the game, right? It, like It, 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 it does, it, but I don't know that I have just like a strictly go-to game for it. Uh, right now, it would probably be World of Warcraft since that's the one that I'm playing see, the most of. And I can do things in it that aren't stressful, but Raid Night is also still very stressful. This this is exactly what I was going to bring up because some games are so large that you have a variety of things. Yeah. You have choices on what activities you can do in that game. So yeah, I can see WoW kind of playing both ends of the spectrum depending on what you're doing. Yeah, I got a couple that I, I've consistently played at, as relaxation games. You guys know I love my my city, you know, sim, you know, city builder style games. So anything Sim City, City Skylines, anything like that, I love it. That relaxes me. I just plot my little buildings and watch my town grow, and it's it's pretty awesome. I love absolutely. It. Um, but I also been playing Coffee Talk. I've been playing that on stream. It's a what is it's Coffee a, Talk? It's an indie game where that's set in Seattle, where um like elves and succubi and werewolves and stuff all live in Seattle. And it they, sounds like some anime. No, it's yeah. it's, 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 it's pixel art. It's pixel art. Okay. It's not anime at all. all right. But they all come into your cafe. And you talk to them about their lives and you serve them coffee. Oh my God. And they talk more to you the better you make their coffee. That. It's so relaxing. No, that no. sounds, I'll tell, that I'll sounds tell you like a, specifically a game you would really no, like. I'll, tell, I'll that, tell you that is this, the most Nate. weird beard thing you've ever I'll, said to me. It might be. But I'll tell you this, Nate. The soundtrack on that game is so damn good. Oh, I bet. That you should just find the soundtrack by itself. You're never going to play this game. I'm putting that to you right now. But you should find the soundtrack and listen to it. Fair enough. You're listening to Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. Let's take a look at some of the uh, responses that were coming in over social media. All right. Over on Facebook, Jeffrey says, For me, it's been Gundam Battle Operation 2. Nothing better than wanton destruction and some awesome mechs. (laughs) That is a terrible choice. (laughs) (laughs) What What about Yan says... Tetris, making order of disorder, especially great with Tetris effects chill mode. No, that's fine. Tetris, I totally get. That's been a chill game for 30 years. Okay, I get it. All right. Uh, Chuck Bean over on Twitter says the original Harvest Moon on the SNES was good for me. Uh, so I'm sure by association, Stardew Valley works well. Dead. Weirdly, and we're going to have to give him crap for this. Weirdly, I found Final Fantasy 15 very relaxing. Uh, okay. All yeah, right. that's because it's a, t- a terrible game that is not challenging whatsoever, and you just drive around in your idiotic car with your idiotic friends and listen to old Final Fantasy music. Sure, I can see how that's relaxing. Uh, yeah, I-, I didn't find 15 relaxing. I found it more infuriating. Infuriating. Yeah, because yeah, it just, I, oh, the more I played it, the higher my blood pressure would raise. Um, but I do understand 
you know, the Animal Crossing, Stardew uh, Valley, Harvest Moon, Harvest Moon yeah. end of it. Those are all extremely relaxing games. It's, very it's easy chore, to get chore, into. Chore simulator. Chore simulator. Yes, exactly. But I mean, like, you know, when I was playing Fallout 4, one of the things that I got most into was the settlement building yeah. and management. Because there's there's no end. There's no deadline you have to worry about. And exactly. all, it's all personal Just goals. playing. Yeah, yes. And it's all personal goals. Exactly. The x says, Prototype. It's not a great game, but boy howdy if picking up a hapless bystander, throwing them and having them hit something so hard they liquefy isn't satisfying, then I don't know what is. Prototype is a pretty good game to play and turn your mind off. Yeah, yeah relaxing. Also, I'm not... look into some therapy. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm not sure I would say relaxing. <laughs> well, I mean, what would you say if somebody said, listen, my relaxation game is Grand Theft Auto? Uh, Omega say, Welta I'd, says the entire Doom series. I'd say you need therapy. I I don't think so, because I think that there is something cathartic about about, imagi- about imaginary violence, right? right? You know, I think that, that it can be therapeutically beneficial in the same way that, um, you know, uh, destru- break rooms are, where you go into a break room and you can, you know, break yeah. everything that's in there. Look, that's that's all fine and dandy. I'm just giving you a wide berth in most days. That's all I'm saying. I, I just, I still think... Folks need to be talking to some professionals <laughs> for either option. And yo, over on Twitter says, I like to get lost in an MMO, which for me right now is Elder Scrolls Online. Easy for me to get what's going on being in another world just MMOs like that. most definitely yes. can be relaxing, especially if you're playing solo. There's a lot of, you know, crafting or gathering or stuff like and that. And Elder do. Scrolls Online is a particularly deep world. You yeah. can, you know, go off in little crevices of a map and find, you know, a little hidden detail that a developer put in there and it's you know uniquely special um so yeah i totally understand that oh you know what here we go chris over on facebook said grand theft auto online he says i used to do this really terrible thing i'd find an awesome chopper then land it next to another player let them get in fly us to the tallest skyscraper i could find and then get out and encourage the other player to join me when they did i jump back in the chopper and fly away leaving them stranded on top of the skyscraper <laughs> 10 10 no regrets that is awesome. I love that. Relaxing? Like, <laughs> just, I'm not understanding these people's answers. I, listen, my first inclination in a game is not to troll other people. But if I play it long enough... I will get that board. <laughs> All right, fair. Uh, Terry over on Facebook says, Final Fantasy Tactics Remake or Pokemon, I get hyper-focused on strategy with the pacing and turn-based game, and it really helps me. Again, yes. I get that. I get that. Pokemon was my relaxation game. That was yeah. my that was my bedtime game for uh, like four years. Yeah. It was a long time. You were really was, heavy into the Pokemon. Very heavy. All right, we got time for one more. Bill says, uh, Doom, just being able to rip through uh, and tear through everything, or, and I actually like this one, Spider-Man, just being able to... Yes. Swing through New York City and not do anything yes, else is really I have done relaxing. that more times than than I would probably admit normally. I will cut on the Spider-Man on PS4 and just swing around. Just web swing. And you know what? You get a nice you know tour of uh, of Manhattan, New York City when yeah. you do. I mean, a lot of the a lot of that was recreated on a on a pretty loyal scale. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. But make sure you're following us over on social media so that you can make your voice heard on next week and every week's social media question. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter, and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Thanks for joining us for Checkpoint XP. For more info on the show, links. 
to articles and the Checkpoint XP podcast and head on over to CheckpointXP.com. Make note of when you're catching us on your local radio station like WXSM Tri-Cities Tennessee as well as ESPN Phoenix 620. And remember to come back next week for more video game news and discussion. Checkpoint XP is a production of Beasley Esports XP. I want to thank my crew, lead segment producing by Norris Howard, producing and booking help from Chad Callahan, president of the Whole Milk Fan Club Weird Beard, and of course my co-host Robbie Landis and Norris Howard. My name's Abe Bender. Keep listening.